We would very much like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CRTR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're right in the middle, of course, of the Vancouver International Jazz Festival, one of the leading cultural events of the city. And, of course, so many of the concerts are taking place um, all over the city, and there's all kinds of free events. And, of course, last week we had the very distinguished founding father of the Jazz Festival, Mr. John Orsick, uh, doing the show and, and talking about the Jazz Festival. And because we have been uh, so busy with uh, the Jazz Festival, I thought uh, we'd sort of have a jazz feature tonight, which is, um, I guess one would call it on the mellow side, without trying to be too cliched. Um, This is some really, really fine music, very quality, uh, high-quality jazz music. Uh, There's really no compromise and no watering down. It's just uh, a little more quiet than usual. My name's Gavin Walker, and I'm your host here as I am every week on this show. And our jazz feature artist tonight, uh, the gentleman who's going to be heading off uh, our show, is one of the foremost exponents of the guitar. I'm talking about the great Kenny Burrell. Kenny is still alive. He um, plays very occasionally. Uh, He doesn't travel. He lives in Los Angeles. And... um, Kenny is still very much with us, um, and of course he uh, teaches privately and carries on, but he has a great long recorded legacy. Kenny Burrell was one of the many mu- musicians in the mid-50s that emigrated from his hometown of Detroit, Michigan, to the Big Apple, New York City, because um, basically that was the place to go. All the recording companies were there. And all the great jazz clubs were there. And you just had to go to New York. And it still holds true to an extent today. However, uh, jazz is played in every major city. And there are major artists in every uh, nook and cranny of uh, not only North America, but the world. Anyhow, uh, Kenny made the trek, moved to New York City, and immediately uh, began recording for Blue Note Records. And, of course, um, he made uh, many, many fine albums as a leader and as a sideman for that label. And, of course, recorded for other labels as well. One of his historic albums is the album he did with John Coltrane on Prestige, Kenny Burrell and John Coltrane. That's a very, very well-loved album. Uh, He um, also um, did a very famous date with trumpeter Kenny Dorham where he joined Kenny's quintet and became a sixth member, and they recorded at the legendary Cafe Bohemia. He did all-star dates with Art Blakey and, of course, many albums under his own name. Uh, Too many to talk about right now. Um, But I will mention one that you should check out if you've never heard it. Uh, It came out on Verve Records, and it's called Guitar Forms. And uh, many of the tracks are with the Gil Evans Orchestra. There's trio tracks on there 
but uh, many of the uh, significant tracks on that album are with the Gil Evans Orchestra, and Guitar Forms is just a classic album. I think the best compliment for Kenny Burrell came from Duke Ellington, who said that Burrell would be his choice as a guitar soloist in his band if he decided to add a guitar to the orchestra. And I think that's coming from a pretty high place. Our jazz feature album tonight is an album recorded uh, in early 1963 for, guess which label, Blue Note. And it features Kenny in great company, playing a lot of his own compositions. Uh, And it's a very relaxed, and I would say this would be the type of album that I would turn someone on who says that, uh, gee, so much of jazz is so busy and and, and frantic, and I, I can never really get a handle on the music. And this would be an album that I would use to turn a person like that or people that think that jazz is too busy and and has too much going on um, to really appreciate the beauties of jazz music. This is an album that I that I would actually recommend uh, that that uh, that people listen to because I don't like recommending albums that are sort of like watered down. Uh, jazz or ersatz jazz. This is the real deal, but it's just uh, such a, a lovely album. So we have Kenny Burrell uh, leading the band on guitar, and he partners up with one of the major voices of the tenor saxophone, the late, great Mr. T, Stanley Turrentine. Perfect match. Uh, on bass is one of the most incredible bass players in the history of jazz, and he's kind of underrated. Um, He died a few years ago. His name is Major Holly, and he's the bassist on here and kind of provides the whole bottom for this band because uh, there are no keyboards in the band. It's uh, Burrell, of course, on guitar is the chordal instrument, and Major Holly really is necessary to provide that nice round bottom that uh, every jazz group needs. On drums is a very, uh, to use an overused word for uh, um, a fine drummer, a tasty drummer. (laughs) His name, Bill English. And on conga drums, one of the great congueros is Ray Barreto. So he he and Bill English hook up beautifully together. So that's the basis of this album, and um, about six of the nine tunes on this album are written by Kenny Burrell. So we open the album with one that became a minor hit for Kenny. As a matter of fact, the Blue Note made a 45 out of it, and it was played in jukeboxes um, all over the country. And uh, it was a bit of a hit for, uh, for Kenny Burrell. So the first tune is written by him. It's called Chitlin's Con Carney. Tune number two was written by Kenny Burrell in conjunction with his bass player here, Major Holly. And the tune is called Mule. Now, Mule was Major Holly's nickname. That's what everybody, that's what all the musicians called him. Hey, Mule, what's happening? 
And um, so that's the title of tune number two. Tune number three is entitled Soul Lament, another Kenny Burrell composition. And we follow that with yet another one, the title track from this album called Midnight Blue. Following that is another Burrell composition called Wavy Gravy. <laughs> it sounds like the name of, uh, well, kind of reminiscent of something else. Anyway, Wavy Gravy is tune number five. Then a standard tune that was written by Don Red Redman and Andy Razaf. It's a tune that perfectly suits the mood of this album, and it's a tune that's been played by dozens of musicians, and the tune is called Gee Baby Ain't I Good to You. So that's tune number six. Tune number seven is entitled Saturday Night Blues, written by Kenny Burrell. Tune number eight is called Kenny's Sound, and of course Mr. Burrell wrote that tune. And the final tune of the album is called K-Twist, another Kenny Burrell composition. So sit back, enjoy some nice, relaxed, real-deal jazz by Kenny Burrell and Company. Once again, the personnel, Stanley Turrentine on tenor saxophone, Major Holly on bass, Bill English on drums, Ray Barreto on conga drums, and the magnificent and classy Kenny Burrell on guitar. Midnight Blue.
Good old Rudy Van Gelder, the master of the board fade ending. <laughs> he did that a lot. Sometimes it could be annoying. Sometimes it was perfectly logical to uh, end the tune, uh, as we just heard. Our jazz feature artist this evening, one of the masters of jazz guitar, and a musician who's recorded with just about everybody as a sideman and led so many uh, of his own albums, too many to count, Mr. Kenny Burrell. And Kenny is still, thankfully, with us. He's 85 years old now. He was born in Detroit, Michigan, and moved to New York in the mid-'50s when New York was just booming with, uh, with jazz. And a lot of Detroit musicians um, moved there and set up shop in New York because of the uh, recording studios and all the clubs that were there and, of course, uh, uh, just the exposure uh, of being accepted as a New York musician. It still counts today, believe me, but uh, it was very different in the, uh, the mid-'50s. Burrell eventually moved to uh, Los Angeles, where he lives now, and, of course, he, um, he taught for many years at the, uh, at the University of uh, Los Angeles. Kenny Burrell, and this is a wonderful album that he did back in January of 1963. A nice, relaxed, easygoing date, um, and just set the mood, and, and a perfect title for the date was Midnight Blue. That was the title of the album and one of the tunes on the album. We listened to nine tunes, and Kenny Burrell was hooked up with the wonderful, one of the great voices and most distinctive voices of the tenor saxophone, Mr. Stanley Turrentine, Mr. T, the late Mr. T. And on bass, Major Holly. On drums, Bill English. And on conga drums, the great Ray Barreto adding, uh, and Bill English and Ray Barreto hooking up beautifully on this album. And everything went down so smoothly. And um, the tunes, there are nine tunes. Kenny Burrell wrote seven of them. And we opened with the first tune called Chitlin's Concarni. Second tune was um, a co-composition of Major Holly and Kenny Burrell and dedicated to Major Holly's nickname, which is Mule. And that's what that tune was called, Mule. And tune number three was a solo uh, guitar piece entitled Soul Lament. And that featured Mr. Burrell all by himself. Then the band came back for the title track, track tune number four, called Midnight Blue, a Burrell composition, followed by another uh, composition by Kenny entitled Wavy Gravy. And then the standard tune which has been played by many, many, many musicians, and written by Don Redman and Andy Razaf. And it's a great tune. It has lyrics, too. Um, but we heard an instrumental version of G-Baby, Ain't I Good to You. We followed that with Kenny Burrell's tune, Saturday Night Blues. And then a tune called Kenny's Sound. And the final tune, uh, with that fade-out ending, was another Burrell composition called simply K-Twist. Our jazz feature artist this evening and this uh, marvelous album which came out on Blue Note Records called Midnight Blue, Kenny Burrell. 
one of the great masters of jazz guitar. We hope you enjoyed it. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. We're right in the middle of the jazz festival. If you don't know what's going on, you better check out coastaljazz.ca. Get on your computer, your iPhone, whatever, wherever you can get your internet, and check out coastaljazz.ca. The full schedule is on there. Um, the concerts that are all going to be happening this week. Um, it's just an amazing, amazing lineup. And um, check it out. That's all I can say. And uh, do yourself a favor and get out. There's all kinds of free shows. There's ticketed events. And um, that Coastal Jazz and Blues website, coastaljazz.ca, keeps you up to date. And it'll tell you what what shows are sold out and uh, what shows are available. All all that information. It's a very, very comprehensive and very up-to-date website, coastaljazz.ca. Brought to you by the great people that uh, bring you the Jazz Festival, and that's the folks at the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. We'll be right back with some more music. My name's Gavin Walker, and of course we're right in the middle of the jazz show, and we'll be back momentarily. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Everybody's favorite jewel punks, Necking, are releasing their debut album, Cut Your Teeth, on Mint Records. Come celebrate at the record release show with Necking and their pals, Pudding, Emily Toyota, and Bedwetters Anonymous. There are free toothbrushes for the first 50 people through the door. See you at the Red Gate on Friday, July 12th.
uh, we had a little delayed uh, action on that thunderstorm uh, opening, of course, uh, the music provided by Abdullah Ibrahim, which, of course, uh, leads into our look at the local weather. And tonight, um, partly cloudy, there is a 30% chance of a sprinkle here and there, and then it's going to uh, clear um, a little later on in the evening, so not to worry. Down to 12 degrees. Tomorrow is going to be sunny, then a mix of sun and cloud uh, later on in the day with a low of 12 and a high of 21. So tomorrow will be a very pleasant day. Uh, Wednesday is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 13 and a high of 20. Thursday is cloudy with a 70% chance of a shower with a low of 13 and a high of 15. And the outlook for Friday is rain with a low of 13 and a high of 15. And the rain will lift a little bit on Saturday, uh, which is only a 60% chance of a shower uh, on Saturday with a low of 12 and a high of 21. And then Sunday, um, we're getting into the long weekend, of course, the Canada Day weekend. Sunday is going to be a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 12 and a high of 23. And that, that looks like a really nice day. There's going to be all kinds of outdoor stuff on uh, on Saturday and Sunday, of course, the uh, and then the uh, Canada Day celebrations as well um, as regards the Jazz Festival. And, of course, we'll be looking at David Lamb Park on Saturday and Sunday and um, all kinds of events on, on Canada Day as well, J- July the 1st. There you go. That's a picture of the weather of the week. So things can change with weather, too. But uh, that's the official forecast. We're going to move now uh, with some, well, we'd like to let you know what radio station you're listening to, as if you don't know already. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenum-speaking Musqueam people. Now, I don't do this very often on this particular program, but I think in this case, this may be a little interesting diversion. We're going to hear some magnificent performances by the one and only titan of the tenor saxophone, Sonny Rollins. And these are rare tracks. They were recorded by RCA Victor, but some of them are are very hard to find. There's three uh, tunes that we're going to hear, but it's all the same tune. It's a a composition that um, Sonny Rollins just loves to play. Um, It's a tune called Four. And the composition has always been attributed to Miles Davis. He didn't actually write the tune. I think he changed a a couple of notes on the tune and appropriated it and took the the composer credit for it. Miles was prone to do that stuff. And he did it on this tune. It was actually written by a great blues alto and uh, saxophonist and singer by the name of Eddie Cleanhead Vinson. 
he wrote a couple of superb jazz tunes, and this was one of them. It's called Tune Up. And, of course, it's, been, it's a jazz standard and always been a challenging tune, but Sonny Rollins loves this tune and uh, always makes a, a big deal uh, out of it, always really gets his teeth in, into it. We're going to hear three versions of the tune four. And the first version, Rollins is his usual magnificent self. The second and third versions, he is absolutely brilliant. So the first version was recorded in January of 1964, and it features Herbie Hancock on piano. And, of course, we all know that Herbie is coming to this year's jazz festival. So Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and the great living drummer, Roy McCurdy. Um, and um, he's been in Vancouver many times. Wonderful, wonderful drummer. Anyway, he's the drummer on here on the first version of Four, and um, Sonny Rollins with Hancock, Carter, and McCurdy. The next two versions are with a trio, no piano. And this is where Rollins is absolutely brilliant as opposed to just merely magnificent. And he's playing with Bob Cranshaw on bass and, once again, Roy McCurdy on drums. And he just uh, makes the most out of, out of this tune. Um, so the early tune, the first tune was recorded in January of 1964, and the second two versions were recorded um, on... April 14th, 1964. So here then, three versions of Sonny Rollins playing the tune four. Look out.
almost like Sonny doesn't want to end the tune, <laughs> but he does. Sonny Rollins in incredible form, on, and we heard three versions of the same tune, four, and uh, purported to be written by Miles Davis, actually written by Eddie Cleanhead Vincent. Anyway, it's a tune that um, Rollins uh, has played for years and years and years, but he, he always gets his teeth into that particular tune and its uh, um, chord progressions and its uh, contours and, and makes the most out of it. And we heard these three versions. The first was, um, as I mentioned, was um, magnificent. And the second tune were absolutely brilliant. The first uh, version we heard had, uh, was recorded in January of 1964. It had Sonny on tenor saxophone, of course, Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Roy McCurdy on drums. Then the second two versions, done on the same date, April 14, 1964, we had um, no piano but Bob Cranshaw on bass, Rollins' uh, one of his favorite bass players, and Roy McCurdy on drums. Just the three of them did those two brilliant versions of the tune four. So I hope you enjoyed those uh, three excursions into uh, Rollins, Rollinsania, <laughs> Rollinsania, uh, whatever. Um, the world of Sonny Rollins, like none other. And... Uh, just such an incredible saxophone player and a creative spirit. And he is still with us. Um, he's not playing anymore, but um, he is still alive. And um, occasionally they get him to uh, do a YouTube video sort of philosophizing about uh, life and music and, and uh, his magnificent history in the music as well. You can check uh, a lot of those things out on, uh, on YouTube. We're going to take a very brief break for a couple of messages. Remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. And once again, just to encourage you, those of you that are out there listening, uh, to get onto your computer and check out coastaljazz.ca, the jazz festival right in the middle of it. There's all kinds of things uh, going on. And, of course, uh, this will be the week. There's, there's just tons of stuff and all kinds of free performances as well. So you can, uh, if you can book the time and, and uh, get around to some of the venues and uh, get to the ticketed items as well, you can do all of that and see all of that on coastaljazz.ca, very, very comprehensive website. And uh, we'll be right back. 
right after these messages. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass rent evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. Join us for the very best in bluegrass, old time, classic country, Cajun, rockabilly, and western swing. Every Tuesday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We start at 6 with bluegrass, roots, and branches. Then focus on mostly bluegrass at 6.30. Join your hosts, Arthur Berman and the lovely Andrea. We'll start off your day right. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkamenim-speaking Musqueam people. Today, June the 24th, is uh, the 58th birthday of a wonderful drummer who was... Uh, Gee, he recorded um, in so much in the 80s and 90s and then seemed to uh, disappear. But I know he's back. And uh, his name, Marvin Smitty Smith. And, of course, the, I can run down a bunch of names that he recorded with. Donald Byrd, Don Byron, uh, M-Bass with Steve Coleman, um, Terrence Blanchard and Don, Donald Harrison, um, Larry Coriel. Robin Eubanks, Art Farmer, <laughs> Benny Golson, uh, just so many people. Um, wonderful singer Carmen Lundy, uh, tenor saxophonist Ralph Moore, who's in town tonight, uh, Fathead Newman, David Newman, the, the Texas tenor, um, Sonny Rollins, um, who, who we just heard, uh, Archie Shep. <laughs> all all these people and more. Um, I could keep naming names and so on. Uh, we're going to hear a couple of tunes, maybe three tunes, from his very first album under his own name. He's only made two, and this is his first album called The Keeper of the Drums. And um, just a little bio information, as I mentioned before, he Marvin is celebrating his um, 58th birthday today, June the 24th, 1961. He was born in Weehawken, Illinois. And his father, Marvin Sr., was a drummer uh, as well. And, of course, he went to uh, the Berklee School of Music in, in Boston and, of course, went on from there and became uh, one of the most uh, recorded uh, drummers, as I mentioned, as the, in the 80s and 90s. But he is back. Uh, he took um, an absence because he got a, a TV gig, um, a good one, and um, spent a lot of time uh, away from the jazz scene, uh, saving his money and all this kind of stuff. And uh, like Ralph Moore did the same thing, the, the, the tenor saxophonist. And now he's back. And uh, Marvin Smitty Smith will be back um, recording with um, all kinds of uh, great musicians. Very soon. However, so we go back to this um, first album under his own name. And this was recorded uh, in the 80s for Concord Records. 
And all of the tunes on this album are written by Marvin Smitty Smith to show that he, um, what a wonderful talent he is besides playing the drums. The people here uh, that he's in the band, Steve Coleman is playing alto and soprano saxophones, Robin Eubanks on trombone, the late and wonderful Mulgrew Miller on piano, Ralph Moore on tenor saxophone, as I mentioned, is playing in Vancouver this evening, um, along with some other people. Lonnie Plaxico on bass, and one of my favorite trumpeters, Wallace Roney. So that's the band, and uh, we're going to hear some music, um, all originals by Marvin Smitty Smith. First one is called Just Have Fun. The second tune is entitled Miss Anne. Tune number three is called Love Will Find a Way, and yeah, we're going to do four tunes, and the final tune is called A Song of Joy, and these are all, as I said, compositions by Smitty Smith. Here it is.
We heard four tunes from 58-year-old drummer Marvin Smitty Smith. He wasn't 58 when he made this record, but he's 58 today. He was born May the 20 or June the 24th, 1961, in Weehawken, um, Illinois. Wonderful drummer and an incredible composer, arranger as well. And we heard four tunes, all of his compositions played by this magnificent band uh, comprised of, uh, at the time, all quite young musicians. And uh, because this was recorded uh, in the mid-'80s, and all of these guys were, uh, were very young at the time, including uh, the leader, Smitty Smith. So we heard uh, Marvin Smitty Smith on drums, with uh, Steve Coleman on alto and soprano saxophones, Ralph Moore on tenor saxophone, Robin Eubanks on trombone, and Wallace Roney on trumpet, along with uh, the late and wonderful pianist Mulgrew Miller, who left us far too soon, and Lonnie Plaxico on bass. The four tunes we heard from this album called Keeper of the Drums. Tune number one was entitled Just Have Fun. Tune number two was entitled Miss Anne. Tune number three was Love Will Find a Way. And tune number four was A Song of Joy. So happy birthday, Smitty Smith. And uh, as I said before, he seemed to have disappeared for a few years, but actually he was employed gainfully on television doing a TV show. So, And uh, I know he saved his money, and now he's back on the jazz scene and uh, will be soon appearing on recordings once again because uh, he is a magnificent drummer and still is. Marvin Smitty Smith. We might even see him at... Uh, one of our jazz festivals, or maybe at Frankie's. Who knows? All right. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. My name's Gavin Walker. We're also live streaming on the web, which is citr.ca. Next up is, I think, the major star of this year's jazz festival. I don't think there's an argument there at all. I'm talking about Herbie Hancock. Herbie will be performing this Saturday evening, the 29th, at the Queen Elizabeth Theater with his new quartet uh, featuring uh, a gentleman who plays not only the uh, uh, keyboards but a saxophonist as well, um, a bassist, uh, and magnificent drummer, Vinny Colueta. And uh, Herbie, of course, he's 79 years old, and he still looks uh, incredibly youthful, and uh, definitely his, all his music is together, and he's done so much uh, in his lifetime. It would really hard, be really hard to do a, a Herbie Hancock retrospective without going on for days. But I'm going to go back to an album that uh, he did in the mid-60s. And this album is called Inventions and Dimensions. 
Now, Herbie had done two albums for uh, Blue Note Records, and of course was recording on all kinds of sideman dates, and, uh, and at that time also working with Miles Davis. And he was asked if he would like to do a piano trio album by uh, Alfred Lyon of Blue Note Records. And Hancock thought about it, but, you know, with his creative mind, he thought, you know, everybody, every piano player has always been offered to do a piano trio album. And, of course, there were a lot of working piano trios at the time, Bill Evans, Oscar Peterson, etc., etc. And he thought, thought about it, um, usually piano trio albums are made up of uh, some original compositions, some interpretations of uh, standard tunes, some of the great standard ballads by the Gershwins or Cole Porter or something, you know. And and um, just, it's not that all trio albums sound the same. Of course, they, they don't. And of course, uh, they are a very personal um, kind of recording that you want to make. But Hancock decided, I'm going to do something different. And he did. And he, he recorded this album called Inventions and Dimensions. And it kind of confused the critics because they were expecting, of course, a kind of a straightforward trio album, as I, had, as I just described, you know, with uh, a few original tunes and, and Cole Porter tunes, etc. This isn't. This album, and, and this shows the creativity of Herbie Hancock, um, he decided to, to do this album, um, and it's, it's very different. He chose um, at Miles Davis's ex-bassist um, to perform on here, and that's, of course, the great Paul Chambers. And Hancock had this idea in mind, and he hired... Uh, um, a very fine Latin drummer who played the regular drum kit, Willie Bobo. And Willie also uh, plays some timbales as well. But uh, he's on here. And the other percussionist is Osvaldo Chihuahua Martinez. And he plays a variety of um, percussion instruments, including the guiro, which you'll hear on the first tune, and the uh, conga drums on the second tune. Hancock went into the recording studio with basically um, nothing written down and just a, a few chord symbols and said, basically said, let's just play and just kind of follow me uh, what's going on. You know, I'll, I'll give you a few small signposts, and um, basically, we're just going to go for it. We're going to play as freely as possible. And that's how this album was conceived, and it worked, and it's a wonderful album. We're going to hear two tunes from it, two of my favorites, as a matter of fact, from this album. The first tune is called Succotash, and uh, that that kind of um, is... Uh, automatopoeia uh, expression of the way the beat is on this. It's like succotash, succotash, succotash. You'll see what, uh, you'll hear what I mean when when uh, you hear this piece of music. 
The second uh, piece of music is called simply Triangle. So here then, Herbie Hancock with Paul Chambers on bass, Willie Bobo on drums, and uh, Osvaldo Chihuahua Martinez on guiro on the first tune and conga drums on the second tune. Hope you enjoy this from Inventions and Dimensions, the creative world of Herbie Hancock.
from Herbie Hancock's Blue Note album done way back when. Actually, the recording date on this, uh, yes, August 30th, 1963. And, of course, um, a very creative album by Herbie. As I mentioned before, the critics didn't know quite what to make of it because it wasn't your standard piano trio album. And uh, Herbie decided that he didn't want to do that. Um, So uh, he did this instead. And uh, he had no plans, just um, some kind of bare-bones directions. And basically they played... Um, as freely as possible without any kind of uh, written music or anything, um, just a few musical guideposts to go by. And, of course, uh, intense looking at one another for cues, etc., etc. So we heard um, the first piece of music is my favorite. It was the, actually the opening track on uh, the original LP, and it really caught my attention when I first heard that. I, um, I'll, ne- I'll never forget my reaction to it. It's just, wow, this is totally different from anything I expected. So the first tune was called Succotash, and that featured, of course, Herbie Hancock on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, Willie Bobo on drums, and Osvaldo Chihuahua Martinez on guiro, adding to the effects of that tune. The second tune almost sounded like kind of an abstract blues piece, but of course had all kinds of different properties. And um, Oswaldo uh, Martinez played the uh, conga drums on the second tune, and the rest of the personnel the same, of course. And the second tune was entitled Triangle, so it had all kinds of different moods and, and properties. Anyway, two tracks from this classic album, Inventions and Dimensions. Herbie Hancock, who is appearing at this year's Jazz Festival, one of the major stars at the Queen Elizabeth Theater, with his uh, newly formed quartet. And uh, yes, he'll be here on the 29th. That's uh, Saturday evening as part of the Vancouver International Jazz Festival. The one and only Herbie Hancock. We're going to pay tribute now to a musician who you may not uh, know as well as Herbie Hancock. His name is Sahib Shahab. He's been around for a long time. He was around in the 50s, recorded with John Coltrane, played with uh, so many different uh, people, Thelonious Monk, uh, all kinds of people. And uh, he's a master of the alto saxophone, the baritone saxophone. Later on in life... He added the soprano saxophone and the uh, flute to his uh, arsenal of um, musical instruments. And uh, he moved to Europe, as a lot of musicians uh, did, to get away from some of the uh, racial stuff in the States. And uh, he led a very happy life uh, over in Europe. He was... uh, his birth name was Edmund Gregory, and then he uh, became a Muslim and uh, um, adopted the name Sahib Shahab. And he was born in Savannah, Georgia, on June the 23rd, 1925. And he was only 64 when he passed away in Nashville, Tennessee, October 24th, 1989. 
And of course, he's uh, Zahib is just an amazing musician. And of course, I played in all kinds of big bands and made all kinds of uh, recordings and, and extremely um, respected uh, musician. He, uh, when he returned to the United States, um, he did some uh, working uh, with uh, rock and pop artists, etc., and uh, also was the visiting artist in residence at Rutgers University and taught uh, saxophone and composition and, and uh, general musical discipline. He's got quite a legacy of recordings that he's appeared on. And uh, as I mentioned before, he recorded with just about everybody. But he was a big part of that uh, international European band, which was com- comprised of American expats and um, European musicians. And the band was led by Kenny Clark and Francie Boland, great band. And uh, Sahib uh, basically was the baritone saxophonist in that band. And... Uh, he was a big part of that orchestra. This is an album uh, from an album called Sentiments, and it was recorded uh, in Copenhagen in 1971. It features uh, Kenny Drew on piano, Nels Hennig Orsted Pedersen, the great bassist in HOP, and uh, American drummer Jimmy Hopps. And uh, we're going to hear Sahib on soprano saxophone, baritone saxophone, alto flute uh, on these tracks. And uh, these are his compositions. The first one is um, actually is in the Urdu language. Uh, so the, the title of the piece is Man-i. And um, the second tune is called The Call. And the third tune we're going to hear is dedicated to a street in Paris called Rue de la Harpe. And uh, these three tunes from this album, Sentiments. Sahib Shahab, celebrating a slightly belated uh, birthday anniversary. He was born June the 23rd. Here's Sahib.
We heard four tunes, and he played uh, soprano saxophone. We paid tribute to the late and wonderful Sahib Shahab. Of course, he's a master of uh, several instruments, the baritone saxophone and the flute, uh, but he stuck to uh, soprano saxophone and all of these tunes, and he composed them all as well. And the people involved here, Kenny Drew on piano, and Nils Hennig Orsted Pedersen on bass, and a young, very fine um, American drummer, Jimmy Hopps, and uh, Sahib Shahab on soprano saxophone. And the tunes, uh, we opened with mané, uh, which is actually an Urdu word for um, meaning. And uh, the second tune was called The Call. Tune number three was entitled Rue de la Harpe, after the, a very small street in the Latin Quarter of uh, Paris. And the final tune, uh, where Kenny Drew switched over to uh, organ, and Nels Hennig, uh, Orsted Pedersen, switched over to electric bass, the final tune um, kind of a rock-flavored tune, was uh, the title track, Sentiments, all by Sahib Shahab. And as I mentioned before, this uh, incredible musician uh, recorded with just about everybody, John Coltrane, Milt Jackson, um, Tad Dameron, etc., 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 and did several albums, uh, lots of albums as a leader. But he, he remains a more obscure jazz figure. Sahib Shahab, he was born June the 23rd, 1925, and passed away in Nashville. He was only 64 in October of 1989. And um, just a great musician and kind of somewhat forgotten, so I thought I'd uh, play something from this uh, very rare album recorded uh, in Copenhagen in 1971. Sahib Shahab. We're going to close this show this evening with a marvelous performance by the great Abdullah Ibrahim. And this was recorded in Cape Town back in the 60s. And it features Abdullah at the piano, of course, with uh, Victor Natomi on bass and Nelson Magwaza on drums. And we're going to hear this it's a tune, it was a pop tune exactly, um, it was written uh, way back when, and written by Paul Weston, and uh, it became really popular, uh, Weston's wife sang the tune, uh, Joe Stafford, and it, it was, uh, rose to number one on the hit parade for a while. The tune was called Shrimp Boats Are Coming." And uh, it just has a great feel. And Abdullah Ibrahim just was very attracted to the melody of the tune. And this is his interpretation of it. So Abdullah Ibrahim, recorded in Cape Town, Shrimp Boats Are Coming.
Abdullah Ibrahim doing uh, the old, well, it was like a folk song that became a pop song. <laughs> it was a big hit way back, way back when. And uh, he was attracted to the, uh, the melody of that tune, and, uh, and he recorded it in Cape Town in South Africa. And uh, we heard him with uh, Victor Natomi on bass and Nelson Magwaza on drums. And, of course, Abdullah Ibrahim at the piano. Shrimp Boats Are Coming. That's the name of the tune. And uh, he played a whole symphony on it. Abdullah Ibrahim, a true genius and still very much with us. He's in his uh, 80s now and still performing and still creating music and uh, a marvelous human being. That's it for this edition of The Jazz Show. We will be back on Canada Day, July the 1st. And, well, we've got some special stuff to happen. And we'll let you know then. So I'd like to, uh, if you were here for part of the show, that's great. If you were here for the whole show, that's wonderful. And we'd like to thank you. And, of course, uh, on behalf of uh, CITR FM 101.9, or, of course, uh, on the Internet, on the web, uh, CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this has been another edition of The Jazz Show. And we'll see you in seven days' time. And get out and enjoy the Jazz Festival. It's a major event. There's lots of free stuff, ticketed events. Go for it. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.